if you leverage black people or take part in or try to take part in black culture or you do anything in those communities to sell your products, then I really hope you are saying something. Here we are back again, uh, episode eight. We got a special guest with us today. But before we get into that, um, I just want to acknowledge kind of what the purpose of this episode is going to be. I know in the last, I don't know, the last you know five or six episodes, we've been you know documenting situations that have happened as a result of the coronavirus and stuff like that. This episode will potentially touch on those things, but I think the the real real thing that we need to focus on and that we'll be talking about a lot today in this episode is. Uh, the injustices that are happening in the United States. It's impossible to avoid. We need to talk about it, but um, we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, joined with us today, we have Josh Richards, uh, Director of Creative Technology uh, at John Street, great creative agency. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for coming on. Uh, th- yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. You know, we're, we're, we're stoked. We wanted to get this episode together for a long time, and, and I think this is a this is a really great time to chat because I know that we've had a lot of discussions about this in the past. But before we get into everything again, uh, Josh, tell us a little bit about what you do, um, how you work, uh, and uh, you know a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, I'm the director of creative technology at John Street. So my role there has evolved over the last uh, I guess almost five years now that I've been there. So. Um, my, my role currently is I work with the creative and strat teams with uh, digital technical thinking, uh, oversee all the internal and external development projects we do. Um, we're kind of focused on rapid rapid prototyping and building, uh, primarily web and mobile development, but we also dabble with smart devices, uh, wearables, home devices like Google Home. Uh, we built some AR prototypes. We're, we're messing around with a lot of different things right now. Nice. Uh, and in addition to that, I also lead our, our diversity and inclusion efforts with uh, my colleague, uh, Shasan Gracie. Um, and that's kind of um, something we've started over the last two years that we're building up and we're, figure, we're figuring it out as we go. That's great, man. And I, and I think that, you know, it's important to note those things, too, because, you know, as I feel more and more agencies, at least in Canada, that I'm seeing are starting to, you know, include these or like think about diversity and inclusion, like sectors of their business. Yeah. Um, it's nice to know that, you know, John Street's, you know, taking that seriously and, and has a place for that. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's about time. Um, it's, it's wild that it's taken so long for Canadian agencies to almost catch up to what UK agencies and US agencies have been doing in that space, but it, it's starting to happen. And that's obviously a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's legit. So, you know, I, I think we can probably get into the episode here. But, you know, the, I, like I was saying before at the beginning of the call, let's chat a little bit about what's going on in the United States and in Canada. I'm feeling like a lot of different ways right now. It's been a really intense week um, with, you know, the George Floyd situation uh, and Regis here in Toronto as well. Uh how to, to sort of ask you a bit of the question, like, why do you think it's important for like people to stay informed about these situations? Because I feel like a lot of people are able to turn a blind eye, unfortunately, to situations like this. But I feel like now is a little bit different. Uh, unfortunately, there have been like so many cases in the past. But uh, now I feel and I'd love your thoughts on this, too, about 
you know, how do you feel like people need to be informed and how, how can people do that? I think the need to stay informed is greater than, than ever, right? This, this yeah. type of stuff has been going on for decades, you know, and, and there really hasn't been much change. It's the same, the same stories, black people being murdered, gunned down. I, I, I use the term hunted because that's, that's what it feels like from where I'm what like. <laughs> What's up? That's what it feels like. Yeah. Right. And, and with impunity, like charges don't get laid. Um, officers get out on bail and it's, it's a couple weeks in and it's back to situation normal. I think right now though, from my perspective, it feels different. I think combined with um, seeing how the pandemic has been disproportionately affecting black people and people of color um, with that and all these situations, you know, a man going for a run, getting gunned down, a woman getting pushed off her balcony by police, yeah. men, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hit ahead. And I think it's, um, it's, it's making a lot more noise, at least from my perspective, uh, looking at it, it, it seems like there's a lot more noise happening around it, which is good. And by noise, I mean, it, not, not noise as in it's unnecessary, but the, the message is louder and it's being delivered yeah. a, a little bit more force. I think it's literally like we've hit our boiling point, you know, like, like you mentioned, this situation is not new. Like this has been happening for, for decades, you know what I mean? But like the very recent situations, especially are just so blatant and in your face, like injustice that it's like, how is this even possible that someone can have their knee on someone's neck for, for nine minutes while that person is screaming for help or how someone can be sleeping in her in her, in her apartment and then be killed you know, uh, R.I.P. to Breonna Taylor. There's just so many different situations that are now kind of, you know, when you have video and when you have people amplifying on social media, you're like, there's literally no reason for this. There's no, there's nothing you can say in terms of this person put themselves in that situation or this person deserved it. Just so wrong that like, that's why it's really hitting its boiling point at, at the moment, I think. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add on to that too. And like, you know, maybe this is part of me figuring it out too, but you know, before, and, and you guys jump in at any point, but like, yeah. I felt like before it was kind of like, oh my God, like this is terrible that's happened. I can't believe something like this would ever occur. And, you know, that was the response that, you know, a lot of people were conditioned. A lot of people were trained to sort of like, um, say once, you know, when a situation like this unfolds, but now I feel like it's a little bit different. I feel like it's flipped a little bit in terms of like the, you know, perception and awareness piece about it, because it's no longer something that you can ignore. And if you do, that is just, people are being called out for it. And it's unacceptable to, to ignore a situation like this. Like you can't possibly in good conscience say, oh my God, that's so bad. Pray for this person's life. Mm -hmm. And then turn a blind eye to um, how you can potentially get involved or help fix the issue or be a part of it. I feel like that's kind of been the, the, the big change for a lot of people. And I'll say like a lot of white people as well, which is great. Uh, more people like kind of click and understand that, oh, shit, like I can't just ignore this anymore because that sort of makes me a part of the problem, I think is where – a lot of people like that message is driving home for a lot of a lot of different people now. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's more than um, sort of making you part of the problem. You are part of the problem if mm -hmm. you're not if you're not actively trying to dismantle white privilege and and dismantle these things that are happening. Right? If, if you turn turning a blind eye to it when it's happening to your community or 
or you know, if it's like let's look at it from from advertising, right? We, like how much of advertising is taken taking from black culture in numerous ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's you hear you hear different types of music and spots, and they're trying to be more diverse with their casting. But yeah. then, what are you actually doing internally with your you know your leadership structure? Or how are you supporting those people who work in your agencies? And what are you doing for those communities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in terms of going, you know, going back to the original thing you were saying about staying informed, like yes, you, you, we have to stay informed, right? I think a lot of times as Canadians, we, we're we have this mask of we're so multicultural, and that leads to passive bias, right? It leads to this thing of like, it's not us, it's them. It's over there, it's south, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, if you look at if you look at what's happening, it's here. It's here, and it's been brewing here, and it's 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 taking up more space than it ever has. You look at, um, you know, the 2018 Toronto mayoral election, right? Faith Goldie, like placing third. That's you know, four percent of the vote, twenty five thousand ballots for uh, right wing, uh, you know, white supremacist type candidate. That's insane. Right. That's twenty five thousand people in my city who who don't want me here for for what? Yeah, man. And that, you know, I think that's a really, really great way to put it. And, you know, from a perspective that I haven't really seen, like, you know, people, and it, it go, touches on the, the subject of like implicit versus explicit racism, because people think that racism is just calling someone the N word or mm-hmm. something like that. People yeah, are just like, right. I don't, I don't say that. I don't do those things. So I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. But it's voting for the, the faith goldies and these people. Um, it's, you know, you know, idolizing people like Donald Trump. It's looking at, you know, all those different types of things that are like almost, I wouldn't even call them microaggressions because that's even, uh, that's giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Like showing your support for, for someone like that or, or groups of people that represent, you know, potential white supremacy or those type of values or behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that is racism. Like that is, that is as explicit as you can possibly get. And, you know, to the point about, oh, Canadians are, you know, we're so multicultural, that doesn't happen here. We're all really nice people. It's just uh, it's just a way to it kind of all lives matter, the situation, and just ignore it because it's it's harder to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think to your earlier point, there is there is more action or seemingly more action, at least in, in my own circles, from white people who are who are taking the position that this isn't OK and it's time to use whatever platform I have. And, and it's it's tough sometimes when you see it because there's um you have to kind of differentiate between performance and people who are actually feeling yes. the pain of, of their friends and colleagues and, and you know yeah because I'm I'm definitely seeing that aspect a lot of it where it's like okay let me just um, let me just make one quick post of the Nike ad and then I can check off the box of I support you guys and then it's back to everything else they're posting throughout the day and you'll never hear about it again. That's very performative. It's like, let me just show them I'm with them kind of, you know, and then go back to my regular life. You have the privilege, you have the privilege of doing that. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Doug, would you say that the, like there, there is an expectation. There is, is an expectation for everyone to be talking about this, you know, you know, showing it's, there's really only one stance on this, right guys. Like there's, it's, you know, non-racist versus racist. Like what side yeah. you want to be on. Here, and, here's the thing with that. It's like, if you are someone that, you know, you don't have Facebook, you don't have Instagram, you never post on any of those 
I, I'm not expecting you to post 30 stories a day about your support and tweeting constantly about your support. I'm expecting you to support in other ways, like whether that's not you shooting out awareness, but that's you actually doing your own research and then, you know, supporting these funds and these GoFundMe pages. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that you need to be posting stories, but I'm more so looking at the people that are posting about their dogs and fitness and meal plans yeah. every single day constantly, but don't have one one moment where they can talk about something that it isn't related to uh, their current life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think it how you how you express your frustration can take different forms. Yeah. As long as as long as you're you're doing something, right? Like I get I get you know some people are gonna post those those um, those carousels of you know how do I dismantle my white privilege or clips from other people talking and and yeah. that's good. But it's also like, are you like you mentioned? You know, are you donating? Are you putting your money where the problem is? Are you are you voting? Are you talking to your city councilor about issues in your neighborhood? Are you reaching mm-hmm. out to, to to people of color and black people to try and understand a little bit better? And and more to that, are you doing your own research first before you put the additional burden on the exactly. people of color? Exactly. Yes, sir. And I find that like you know, a lot of people are like. You know, it, it's interesting because there's a lot of people that I've worked with at, or that I work with right now, actually, um, who are, you know, who are, are reaching out to me and saying, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm in support of you. And, you know, what can like what can I do to help or like how can I get involved and stuff like that? And I think that's, you know, I think that's a really great first step. Mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, people and, and what I recognize in this problem is that like, you know, my friends, my, my white friends, like might not know how to, to help or do it, but like at least having the thought and wanting to, to say, you know, I want to be here for change and I want to support this, you know, is, is a good, really great first step to, to making sure that they're able to use their platform or use their resources and put them, you know, in the right spots to your point, Josh, I think, you know, while we like, I, I understand your point about like, you know, you have to, you should do your own research before coming to, you know, a black person saying, Oh, what should I do? Mm-hmm. But like at the same time too, like having a, a, a positive attitude and, and wanting change is also like a really, you know, it's a good, it's a good place to start for a lot of people. And, and you know, I'm, I'm lucky to, you know, work with um, some fantastic people who have, you know, reached out to me to, to be able to do it. But yeah, I would like to see things go one step further. I don't want to, I don't want to just, hold the conversation and put it into my camp and say, well, if there's, if there's anything I can do to help, just let me know. It's like, I don't think like that's not helpful for me. I want to see, you know, me give you a tool if that's what you need. And then you use that to do good for what you believe in. Yeah. I just want to add to that because it's like, I do think the first step should be before they even reach out to you to do your own research. Cause we're more than capable to, learn about things that we are interested in learning about before Mm -hmm. asking anyone for help. Everything is out there. We know how to research things. So can you please just do your own research, educate yourself. And if you have any further questions from there, sure, ask a friend, but like you need to understand that I might not know everything either. I can't speak for all black people. Right. So yes. Like a representation. That part. Like, like I, I can't speak for all people of color by any means. I'm, I'm Pakistan. Right. Like I, I, I have an opinion on some stuff based on things I've read and people I've talked to, but I, I'm not the I'm not the keeper of that information or those solutions. I'm also not in in that department of, of HR or how to operate, right? I, yeah. I, but I'm, 
I'm down to give my opinion and, and I will give you my honest opinion on any of that. But um, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't have all the answers. Like, Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, and to your point earlier, I feel like that's a huge burden to put on a lot of black people right now. Like, well, like you solve my issues for me because I don't know how to start. I'm, I'm flopping here a little bit because I think that like, it's important to, do your own research before. But I also think that like the intent behind wanting to do that and like asking a black person is like to, to help them figure it out. Yeah. I think like if you look past like what the person's actually doing and the intent is in, is in the right way, I think that's, you know, I think that's great for, for a first step. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's, you're right. You're absolutely right. If, if it's the intention, right. If, if somebody comes to you and you know, you know, they're a little bit, you know, uncomfortable with this subject matter, but they're opening up that dialogue and that's a great first step, but I would yeah. encourage, you know, everybody who gets asked to also be to the people that are asking them, tell them, you know, go hit your Google, you know, there's, yeah. there's tons, tons of articles out there you can read. To, to get a perspective before we have that discussion, just so yeah. that you feel like you're you're putting in the effort, you know. And yeah. I also and the- I also don't want it to be positioned as in like this is black people's problem to solve. Yeah, this isn't our problem. Like we didn't create this problem. This is happening to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I don't want it to make it seem like uh, let me ask them what I can do to help them. It's like no, like fix this problem that you that you created. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's exactly. an interesting point because the other side is like, but also include us in that in that work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, don't just do it. Assume you have the answer. It's like, do the research. Let's have a discussion. Get get other perspectives, and then and then start the work. Yeah, and then work work together on on a solution that that works for all, not just for some. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, but. Um, you know, as you know, we work in advertising uh, and, you know, DAC doesn't necessarily work in it right now, but we've all worked in that industry before, at least at yeah. one point. Uh-huh. How do you feel, Josh, um, you know, about brands, you know, responding during this time and, you know, if they should, how should they get involved? Like, what does this, what does this mean kind of thing? And what does it look like? Yeah. I mean, this is like a several episode version <laughs> that would be required to get into it. But I think, yeah. I think, the top level is like if just like with 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 people right if if you take if you leverage black people or take part in or try to take part in black culture or you do anything in those communities to sell your products then i really hope you are saying something mm-hmm. i think i think and 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 to that point you should only be saying something if you're doing things about it to just put yeah. up a post on social saying you know, Black Lives Matter, and then go buy our shoes is is kind of useless. Yeah, right. They're getting called out for it too. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, it's nice. It's nice to see the call the calling out, right? Like I look at I look at um that post by Nike, right? Yeah. And that was I think that's I think it's a great campaign. It's like um you know it it fits into their brand stance and it, it talks to people in a certain way. And and Nike is doing a lot of a lot of great work in the community or in various communities, but. You know, their exec team is still all white last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Right? Their board of directors, I think, is sitting um, at about 30% black or people of color, which, which, is, which is great. It's still better than a lot. But mm-hmm. it just goes to show that like, there's still work to be done. And I really hope that brands are still doing that work. You know, I also saw, I saw a really good one. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the one from Reebok. Yeah. No. 
it was like uh, without the black community, uh, Reebok wouldn't exist. America wouldn't would not exist. Ooh. Right. And then and then the next slide was something about like we're not asking you to wear our shoes. We're asking you to walk in, in someone else's, which is a great, a great message. But then your exec team's all white. The supervisory board is almost all white, you know. And I don't believe there was like an actionable like item to that. I don't think they were donating because I, I remember seeing a lot of people in the comments saying, and what? Like, these are just mm -hmm. words. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's part of it. You can get this brilliant campaign, get your copywriter to work on that. But like, what's, what's the next step? What are you guys doing to help? What are you urging us to do to help? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know. I don't know what they're doing internally. Right. Like, I don't know yeah. if they're, they're providing safe spaces for their employees or, you know, additional benefits or access or you know time off for mental health while they're going through this but i i would like to assume they are if they're taking the the standpoint of, of putting out communications with this message i 100 percent agree with that and like i want to i want to just bring something up that i think will you know shed light on on situations for if there's any you know if, representatives from Nike or any large company listening to this right now, I think like we, and it's, it's going to sound not good for me to say this, but we had the benefit of learning from the coronavirus situation, how brands communicated, um, you know, through advertising and that we, you know, when you see a, a big company, like a large brand in, you know, in Canada, and the United States post something that, you know, when, when this whole coronavirus situation, when they would post an ad on social media, people were ripping them apart, mm -hmm. saying, "With it's up to you to do something. Like this is great that like this is happening, but you're the one holding the pieces, and we need you to to do something further other than just say I can order my food on uh, like as a delivery now, or like Uber Eats is doing zero delivery charge because of this situation to help you kind of thing. Like take it one step further. And what I mean by the benefit of learning from situations like that is because while the coronavirus and this situation are entirely different, they are entirely different. Yeah. The only thing that connects them together is that the, the learning and the understanding from a consumer standpoint to say, People aren't dumb and they want brands to do stuff about it. They want to put their money where their mouth, or they should put their money where their mouth is. So we understand that. We, we learned that from the coronavirus situation. So what are we going to do now? What are we, what is Nike going to do after the fact? You know what I mean? And they're getting called out on it the same way that they would have gotten called out on it three months ago when the coronavirus situation started. We had the benefit of learning from those experiences and now people should be, brands should understand that they're going to be held accountable given the entire social context that's going on. I think that's an important thing for a lot of, you know, companies to, and brands to understand and recognize and learn from so that they don't put themselves in another position where they're putting out a, a tone deaf ad like fucking Pepsi did a couple years ago. Like we've oh, learned from those situations you know what i mean yeah. now it's time to to execute against it because there's nothing stopping us from doing so i, I think when when it comes to to brand's reaction it, it well, it's like it's like we were saying just before we started recording right it was like there's all this sentiment and and things happening but keep that keep that same energy when when we mm -hmm. move out of it right yeah so the, like, they cannot let this fade again Brands can't let this fade. People can't let this fade. Agencies can't let this fade. It, it has to become part of that culture where it's it's understood that 
you know, the pandemic affects people disproportionately. Police brutality affects people. There's there's so many issues to diverse communities that are being ignored. And the brands and companies and agencies that are going to win are the ones that that take it seriously and listen to their people and support them instead of just um, instead of just utilizing Coming, their skills. Yeah. Coming up with a clever ad or, or a yeah. witty line yeah, or man. a nice poem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not consumers aren't stupid. Like do something, hold yourself accountable. And a lot of people, and it's interesting thought as well, that a lot of brands like think that they're doing it when, you know, they post stuff like that. Uh, You know, when Nike posts an ad that's, you know, speaking about the injustices and stuff like that, or Reebok's doing that. And they're just like, okay, that's not like, that's not everything. Mm -hmm. If you had a team of black people on, you know, in your, you know, executive staff, they would say, okay, what are we going to do about this to, to take the next step? Mm-hmm. Like we can put this out into the world, but uh, what is, what is the follow-up from that? The job isn't done. Mm-hmm. To your point back earlier, we're not just checking the boxes here. I, you know like, what I'd love to see? Uh, sorry to cut you off there. I, I'd love to see brands calling each other out on this, you know, like when Nike posted their ad, um, Adidas kind of like quote tweeting it, quote tweeted it with a heart, but it's like, I'd love to see a brand or an agency donate to a fund and then tag another agency and say, Hey, match this or something like that. And honestly, you could build a campaign out of that at the end and you could go win your award if you want, but like help people and try to get other people to help others as well. I feel like that would be really awesome to see. I think, I think it's tough. I I agree with you. I think that would be awesome to see, but I'm trying to look at it from the other perspective too. It's tough to, to do that, like to put that challenge out. Cause then it's like, why are you challenging people when you're not putting up enough money? You know, like, yeah. and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that should be the objection that stops any work being done, but I, I get the caution, but I do think risks need to be taken. And unless we start trying things, we're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to that point, would you say that like, it's kind of an interesting, I had a, a interesting thought right before we, we kick this off, but like, do brands have privilege? Do they have, do, do they have this, this privilege that exists? Uh, and what I mean by that is if we're, if they're able to, to turn a blind eye to a lot of these, a lot of this injustice situation that's happening right now, that's blowing up. That is impossible to avoid. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. You you see it everywhere. Yeah. So do we hold brands accountable for, for, for not stepping in and doing more? Like, do they have that privilege of, of being able to close their blinders off because this isn't my target audience or my target audience wouldn't, you know, engage with something like this. What do you guys think about that? Mm. I'm let you go first, Josh. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, brands are still made up of people. Right. And, yeah. and at the top level of a lot of these big brands are there is a lot of privilege. So I think it carries into your brand and and your brand need, needs to take a position and say something. Right. And, and just like the, the people behind it need to as well. One hundred percent. Like it's, it's as simple as like if you have equal representation in your company, you know, you you don't turn a blind eye to something like this. Of course, you, you can't. You know what I mean? Like it's impossible. Yeah, I, I think especially. 
I, I do think to answer your question, yes, I do think brands have that privilege. I think especially um, if you're profiting off of black culture and, um, and and black people, like in terms of the music you're using and the fashion and and uh, culture, like if you're profiting off of any of that with your brand, like you should be speaking up the most. But if mm-hmm. a, a brand like I don't know, Xerox or like Vix. I'm looking at stuff in my room. Like, I don't think we expect them to say anything or to imagine have like a voice, you know? Imagine if Xerox just comes in with like a fire ad that they're like, <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> they come in, it's like, our paper is white. But we. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes you got to toss a couple of light ones in there to keep the conversation. Yeah, going. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think if you're profiting off of black people, you you need to be speaking the loudest. Like the fashion industry is quiet right now. Yep. I'm talking luxury fashion to like Gucci and Louis Vuitton, like off white. Where are you guys? You know? Yeah. I wonder I wonder for, for like um like I look at a brand like IKEA, right? Like in uh in the in the UK, their their Christmas spot last year made a lot of noise, right? Because they, they had that I can't remember the grime artist um it was like an interracial couple at their home preparing for like having guests over mm, okay. and they had this grime artist like right. And the, honestly, the rap was pretty fire too. Like the, the verse was good. Um, they, they had, they had him like uh, rap about the situation. Right. Yeah. So now what is Ikea doing? Mm. Right. Cause yeah. they, they used that culture and they connected with a group of people um, with, with, by, by being, uh, by being inclusive but I, I don't know. Have they said anything? Are they are they putting their money up? And I think that, like, man, that to be truthfully honest, I think the lack. I think brands using black people in their spots, you know, capitalizing off of black people, yeah. like they just don't like they don't know how to to continue the conversation because to them they're saying, well, we have a black person in our spot. Like what more do you want me to do? Like, this is, this is, you know, I think to answer your question, I think their thought process probably stops at, Hey, we showed a black guy in a commercial and we're using rap music, trying to, you know, communicate with black people. We're not racist. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's a one-off for them. It's, it's, it's a quota. It's, it's something that they're, as it to say well we've we've done it diversity is a, is you know a checklist for us and you know we've checked that box so but like i think now people are going to be like you can't just fucking do that and and not follow up with you know your plan of like being able to support the people that you're capitalizing off of yeah. to be truthfully honest and and um the, the artist they used was dwe i just googled it to be sure yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 really it's interesting, man. Because you know, we again, we all work in advertising. Like we have attended those casting presentations where the black person's included for diversity versus like them being the reco option because they're the most talented. And it's just like that. That shouldn't be the thought process. Like it's a it was a good intention like 15 years ago. Mm. It was. It was like that was a good first step a long, long time ago, and we've kind of just haven't gotten out of those baby step uh, with you know with brands as as big as as a lot of them, and it's like you guys have you guys started off with a bang, but I think that's 
uh, a result of them not continuing in that same energy, if, you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So on that, what I'm curious, um, in terms of, you know, your own companies and where you guys work, like, do you have an expectation that um, your company should speak out, whether that's internally or externally? Like, should they make a statement about their support for the movement? I'll let you go on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think internally means a lot more than than what you do externally. I think yeah. it's it's a thing of like that that statement, and I I think I mentioned it before. Like that statement can only be made if you're taking those steps, if you're doing that work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we, we've we've started to. We're, we're a ways off from, from our goals, but we're making progress. So I don't think it's inappropriate for, you know, the, the executive team at John Street or, or, or any of our leadership to say anything, right? Like, I know I'm going to take it upon myself to reach out to people one-on-one because that fits how, how I see the world and how I see those employees' value, right? Yeah. Um, in, term, in terms of crafting that, I think it also goes to what we were saying before. It's like, do the research, have an opinion, talk to your people, and, and talk to people to get different, uh, different perspectives before you address it. And I think that's, that's the, right, the right move. I totally agree. And you know what I mean? I think it's, it's important for, to your point earlier, uh, communicating internally versus externally is so much more important. Yeah. Telling the advertising industry that we're diverse and we care about issues is a lot different than reflecting those values within your own company. Yeah. And we hope that, you know, my, my organization at least recognizes this and, and doesn't turn a blind eye to, to the severity of this situation because there aren't a ton of black people that I work with. Like I have a group chat of all, like with all of them and it's like maybe 10 people, yeah. like maybe, and we're all talking yeah. about it situation we're all talking about it so and i think go ahead go ahead no no um with uh, how would you how would you feel if you're um the president of your company or you know someone on the exec team addressed the whole company or just addressed um you and the rest of your black like the black employees you you're you said you were in that group chat what, what what's the right approach from do you think oh yeah that's a really really good question it is yeah. but, I think that, um, you know, to, to our earlier, earlier discussion, I think learning, listening and researching before you even come to us mm. uh, is the right approach. Like recognizing the situation is that is happening right now. Super important. Doing your research and being able to, to understand, empathize and truly, truly understand what's going on. Um, and how you can and try and make a plan accordingly is is a really good first step as well. And then engage with us, and then we can help be a part of the solution and help talk about it mm-hmm. and help help celebrate you know our victories. You know what I mean? And and not just you know discount our our losses. You know what I mean? Like let's not just cry about this. Let's do something about it. Yeah. And I, I think that if I were the president from from my company or or someone on the executive team, I think you know, doing those, those first steps on your own right now are the way to do it. And then let's engage and then let's have a discussion and talk about it. Um, and then, and then figure out how you're going to communicate internally and figure out, you know, this, this situation, um, that could work 
agency wide and, and do the things that you you're saying that you're going to do to us, yeah. to the whole agency. That's how I would probably do it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's spot on. It's like to talk, yeah. talk to people, formulate solutions together. Right. And I, I think too, uh, a big part of it is, is like, I, I know a lot of these, um, you know, small to medium to even large size agencies have, you know, great benefits and personal days and stuff like that. But you have to be encouraging your employees to take those t- those days, right? There is something in advertising about this. The work culture can be intense at times, right? And it's, yeah. like, you know, reminding your employees that, you know, take the time for your mental health. You have you have that time. We've, we have these things in place for you. And, and if you don't have enough, you have those conversations and then you see what you can do about increasing that if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel yeah. like that came up a lot during, well, COVID is still happening, but when that was yeah. like, very early it was like take a day off if you need to like there's a lot happening in the world just like focus on on what's important so that needs mm-hmm. to come up again with this current situation because this is going to be like this for a while you know this is not going to be over tomorrow like no. people are rioting people are mad people want to be seen you know what i mean and consuming mm-hmm. all this content day in and day out it does take a toll on you mentally yeah, yeah. And, and i think it's going to play a big part of retention right like when when, when, you know, things start going a little bit back to normal and, and agencies are hiring again, yeah, the, the agencies that are taking care of their people in a real way and listening to them are going to be the ones that, that, that keep those, that keep that talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. It's, it's spot on because it's like, you know, you can all also like what we were talking about before, I think we even started recording was like, it's like, the whole situation with the coronavirus, uh, you know, how did you, how did we learn, how did we learn from it? And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a, we have the benefit of, of learning from the, the coronavirus situation. And, you know, this is a situation that is also very, very important to talk about. And I think that why not capitalize and, and learn from what we know? Well, even, even from the, you know, COVID-19 coronavirus, it's like, did you talk to your people who are being disproportionately affected? Did you talk to your Asian employees about facing xenophobia because mm, of this? Right, Did you right. talk to your black employees, you know, because we saw the data showing that there's higher rates of infection and death, right? Because of systemic racism. Well, were those conversations you were having or, or did you kind of skip around it? And, and, yeah. and, and, and it's, it, that's a tough one too, right? Cause it's like, you, you want to have those conversations in your one-on-ones. So it's not, doesn't feel like you're trying to cast the net or, um, or, or get or cloud chase or performance art, right? Yeah. It's doing, it's having meaningful conversations with the people you report to your colleagues, your, you know what I mean? And, but from a, from a leadership level, ensuring that your, your people know that it's okay to have those conversations. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it has to come from a place from being completely genuine too. And like, probably a lot, honestly, like, when you're talking about, well, did you talk to your, your Asian employees about this unfortunate xenophobia that's inherently happened because of this coronavirus situation? Like, probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, that likely didn't happen, at least where I work or or where my friends work and stuff like that. But, like, those are the types of things that when we were, we were talking about what you're doing at John Street and, like, your diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. Like that is why those those things exist and those groups exist yeah, because yeah. you know they need to provide that context because you know the 
leadership team might not even, if they're all white, they probably just don't know and, you know, don't know about the situation and don't know how or what to ask. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you can have a group of people that say, yo, you should probably do this. And it's like, yeah, great idea. Let's work together on figuring out how like I can best do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not that hard to do. Like it's not, it's not that hard to do. And that, that's, that's the, 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 the big takeaway. It's not that hard to do, right? It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to get started though. It's difficult. Like even when we, when, when we were trying to get this thing started, it it wasn't difficult in the sense that um, we, we faced any um, objections to it, but internally, like for me internally, because it it was like, I don't want to be flagged as this person who always brings up these issues anytime mm-hmm. yeah. right at the same time it's like i you know i'm not i have my own career to think about mm-hmm. right? yeah so, like why is, it goes back to the thing it's like why does the burden always have to be on you yeah but but it, it, was, it was nice to be at a place that you know once once i was ready to to start having those conversations it was like it, it was it was safe it was it was a fine thing to do and it was encouraged mm-hmm. right and I think that's what what leadership needs to do across across the industry is encourage your people to bring their issues to the table, right? And that comes with that whole inclusion piece of, of allowing people to be their authentic selves is like that's part of their their culture and the, the things they see in the world. And those inputs are valid, and I think they're more valid than ever. We've done like through this the the DNI work we've been doing. It's like we've come across so much research that just proves how much opportunity there is to, to do mm-hmm. you know it's it's not mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who said it but it was diversity it's not that you have a diversity problem it's that you, there's a diversity opportunity mm-hmm. yeah. and, and flipping the lens on that goes a long way but i mean at the same time as i'm saying i'm like but it is a problem it's a problem that we have to bring yeah. it up right yeah yeah i think but i think that's the way that you position it yeah it's you know i mean it's like you have a, a diversity problem and it's like well shit like I can't, I can't fix that tomorrow. Like, how do I do that? Like, yeah. I can't just be like, ah, oh, okay, diversity problem. I'm just going to hire 20 black guys. Uh, and then that, that should solve it. Right. Yeah. I think understanding the opportunity behind something like that outweighs like the, uh, you know, the tangible thing that's like the tangible first next step that someone can do to, you know, be able to address that issue. Mm-hmm. I think seeing it as a problem is like, oh, well, you know, you come up with a solution then because I don't know how to figure it out on my own versus like having an opportunistic lens on it allows people to say, well, yeah, like it, it, it provides a little bit more of the overall context and, and, you know, it sheds light on the importance of something like this versus saying it's a problem, mm-hmm. but it is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it is a problem. Right. Like it, but. Yeah, absolutely. And just because something's hard, it doesn't mean you should avoid it, right? Like this is not going to be a, an easy solution that you can snap your fingers and in a month you'll have a fully diverse staff. Like mm-hmm. this is something where you need to assemble the right people together. Um, you need to create that space, like Josh mentioned, where your employees can even feel like they can bring this up with you, with you without feeling isolated or feeling like they're going against the system or, or whatever that is. So. Yeah. yeah, man. And I think that like that's that's a really, really important important thing to do because you know thinking about it as just like a you know then the solution and they're just going to say well you know that just brings them to a place of like the quota again right yeah yeah, like yeah. A, a diverse staff is the first piece of the puzzle 
Like there's mm-hmm. so much more, there's so many more layers that go under like having a diverse, you know, group of people that you work with. Yeah. Like there's such a benefit to that, that I think that a lot of agencies probably don't even know that they can tap into. Like it just makes the work, the, the work that you're doing better. The, the morale at the agency will be a lot better. You get a lot of different types of thinking. That's really important. There's so many things that, that go into that because eventually when, you know, you have, you know, diverse people on like your executive staff and throughout your agency as a result, you begin to just be able to have like important conversations much yeah. easier yeah. because you can say, okay, well, this is, you know, we've, we've built the system. Now let's get it working. Yeah. And you can do so many different things with that that, you know, I just don't think uh, a lot of people really truly understand. And especially, you know, populations are going to continue to move to uh, majority minority, right? So yeah. you need to have those people on your team to, to, understand the different cultures you're even talking to right yeah. you can't tell the people you don't understand like you can't create good work to connect to different cultures if you don't have them in house right and like, empowering those people too like it's not enough yeah. to to hire those people in in low level positions where they don't actually have a say in the final product you know like yeah. they are merely a tiny suggestion box in the final creative that, that doesn't yeah. help anyone it's not it's not about it's not about quotas or, or matching that it's about i think it's about as soon as you open up the um if, as soon as you open up access to to meet with different people from yeah. different cultures at, at the interview stage when you're bringing them in right it, who you select should always be the best candidate but making sure you have a diverse set of people to select from is, is yeah. where is where the work yeah. needs to yeah, I I totally totally agree with that, and I think that's like a really smart way to put it because, you know, it's it's a challenge because you know if you say and like this will sort of be our my last thought on this, but if you're if we say okay, well we need we have a diversity opportunity, like but I can't just hire like a like a SVP who's black tomorrow like what do I do about the situation it's like okay yeah you might not be able to do that but like let's look at the people who uh, already work at your agency no matter what the level is you know if there's a problem those people should be involved regardless yeah. um, you know what I mean like it's not about always hiring or looking outside to to fix the problem it's about looking inside as well and seeing what you have and seeing what you can do with the people um, that you may have well that you likely overlooked mm-hmm. uh, to, to be a part of the solution as well and um, I think that's really important yeah absolutely so that was a that was a great episode um, I think that you know there's a lot of really important conversations that we were having um, I'll, I'll wrap up my my last thoughts and then give it over to you guys to provide yours as well but um, it's important as you know we're moving through this very challenging time uh, very difficult time uh, we need to be mindful of the, the, you know, the injustices that are happening in, in the world. And we need to continue to do that. If you've listened to this podcast the entire way through, you should absolutely not just think about what the nice first step is and the step that makes you probably feel the most comfortable, but you should be thinking about what you can be doing, you know, time and time again to continue the energy of, you know, ensuring that stuff like this doesn't happen again, because too many black people's lives are being lost because we're turning a blind eye. And I think that we can't do that anymore. I think, uh, yeah, I guess my last, my last thoughts on it would be, I I think 
this the diversity and inclusion at the cultures where you work is an important piece to helping solve this bigger world issue. Um, I, th I think what you can do is by building this into your culture, when people are brought into your agency, they'll have no choice but to adapt that as part of their own identity, even if they don't have the world experience of thinking about it prior. And, and that's, a, that's a small piece of the puzzle of, of, uh, of stopping this, this brutality and insanity from continuing to occur. Yeah, and, and just to put a, a button on this conversation and, and add some final thoughts, I think it's just super important to be actionable in a time like this. Like you can do all the research you want, but if you're not taking that extra step in terms of going out there and protesting or going out there and supporting different services and, and funds and um, donation platforms, then you're, you're not really doing much. You know, you're only taking all that information yourself and then going about your day. So. Um, we definitely will be including some resources in the show notes so people can um, look into where they can donate and where they can learn a bit more. Um, obviously, we're urging you to still do the research on on your own, but if we have that opportunity to share, we will do that as well. So, um, yeah, take a look out for that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for having me on here, and you two, um, take care of yourself. Thank you. You as well, brother. See you guys. Bye, guys.